0: and welcome to the pre-snap motion podcast episode number deuce deuce 22 covering week two action i am your host chad scott with me as always is my buddy rich rebar rich what's happening man
1: Chad, baby, what's happened? Week one is in the books, and uh, I don't know how you felt, but uh, you know, week one it, it felt like real football, man. Like I didn't really, you know, have expectations. Uh, kind of was preparing for the worst: how it'll be with no fans, will teams just be sloppy with no preseason? And to be honest with you, like, or will teams like you know not play guys their full amount of snaps? And to be honest, it felt like a regular week one. To be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I feel, I feel like uh, the, the shit was crazy. Um, I think you, I think we had talked about it, like the the scoring in the games was higher than mm-hmm. uh, I think most thought that it would be. And I think we were kind of on that, but yeah, it was nice to see, um, uh, you know, the bell cows being bell cows mm-hmm. um, and, and rookies. There were some, there were some good rookies in week oh, yeah. one, and hopefully that will continue. Uh, hopefully Swift doesn't miss a game winning touchdown catch again because oh was, man that was, that was pretty yeah, brutal yeah
1: i felt bad for him man i mean Me just
0: too. your first game played and your chance to
1: win the game i mean oh you kept at home
0: to go. yeah it's... like just that was the dream man
1: oh man so what a great play too and drive that they had i mean it's just a yeah. bummer um,
0: stafford yeah. looked good man i mean i i, I like stafford hopefully uh kenny Galladay is is coming back soon because i think um i think he uh, he goes Matthew Stafford goes but uh, yeah let's just get into this man um, your worksheet is done for the week came out and well, it's not uh, done it'll be it'll be getting updated yeah I mean it's it's, it's never done I guess but uh, <laughs> that's out so make sure everybody you're going to foot uh, sharpfootballanalysis.com go to the fantasy package uh, and make sure you are purchasing that. Um, because the worksheet is just—it's uh, just amazingness. Uh, everybody loves it. It's. Uh, I'll say too, if, over, man. Even,
1: even if you don't sign up or you're not—you're you're thinking not still—drop your email into the, the mailer box that's in the. Uh, on the site and we are constantly uh, shipping those people, different kind of promos and weekly subs. Like last week we did like a mm. 70% off for a week uh, and to check it out. So definitely just sign up for the mailer and see if something comes along your way. If, you, if yeah. you're on the fence still.
0: Yeah, man, definitely help support us rich and uh, the podcast. So uh, make sure you're going to do that. Let's get into, into it. News of the notes. Uh, I know this was our second one, but let's start with Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack was both of our kind of starts of the week at running back last week. And, uh, oh, looking, yeah, I mean, looking at what Naheem Hines did, um, in his place, uh, a little bit of a heartbreaker for us. I, I think the process was there, but, uh, he is now out for the year, torn Achilles, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines going forward. Um, what's your outlook for them?
1: Strong, baby, strong. I mean, um, I mean if you would think about where Jonathan Taylor was going in drafts and if Marlon Mack, if they take him the second round, but they don't have Marlon Mack, where he goes, I mean, he's probably going as a one-two turn guy or like a mid-two guy. Like he's going around Josh Jacobs, right? Like, if, like yeah. that's where his ADP would have been. So, I mean, I kind of think he goes to that spot now and then over a couple guys that we may be kind of on the fence about now. Like how are we feeling about Nick Chubb right now after a week? Um, you know, kind of granted, it's you know, it's one week, yeah. All those guys that are going in that area, Miles Sanders was hurt, uh, Joe Mixon still not using the receiving game, uh, in week one. Now, I think a lot of these guys are going to bounce back and have some good weeks, and they're going to be productive running backs. You definitely didn't miss, I think, taking some of those guys, but uh, that's where I think Marlon Mack, or or, I'm sorry, Jonathan Taylor, um, he's it was where he belongs, and Jonathan Taylor is the most decorated rusher to ever come uh, into the NFL, and what we were worried about with Jonathan Taylor is like a uh, something that was floating in the air. Is just you know how will he transition in the passing game? And he was targeted on forty six percent of his routes. It was the highest rate of any Decent. running back with double digits in Week One, uh, and he caught all six targets. I mean, it was more catches and targets than he's had any game uh, in, in his career, yeah, uh, going back going player. back through college. So yeah. I mean. That without the concern, uh, with that, with that's already been alleviated. That he can be used in the passing game. They will use him in the passing game. So that only I think ups him higher. How many guys? Let me ask you this: How many guys would you take like right now if I was offering you one for one trades? Would you say no to? Mm,
0: like
1: definitely. Well, so definitely McCaffrey, Zeke, Saquon, Kamara, Kamara. Uh, Derrick Henry. So, uh, saying yes or no, Derrick Henry.
0: Derek Henry, uh, I'm. S- uh, that's tough.
1: I'll take Henry still, but that's okay. I think that's yeah. where we are, though. Like, that's the line, right? right? Yeah, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you might probably take him still, right?
0: Okay, Clyde, yeah. Yeah, so then
1: Clyde. now what about Joe Mixon?
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, I'd JT for sure, just for the... So I think the that's here.
1: the line. Like you're talking yeah. like for like a rest of the season outlook. And we've already talked about this all offseason. season is that the Colts have one of the most favorable schedules in the league. Now we thought that week one too, and you see what happened. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean, hey, I think that's where he is. I think that's where he's at. And I think Naeem Hines uh, definitely has upside as well. I mean, because if you look at Naeem Hines, he was clearly like a part of their offense because he was playing ahead of Jonathan Taylor. He yep. was involved in the Gold red line. zone. He was, at, yeah, he was there inside the ten, getting carries. Um, he was stopped on a fourth and one in the inside the ten. Uh, he's definitely involved. I think it's really good sign for him as well. I think you'll see something similar to maybe like an extension of what we have, like rookie you know, Melvin Gordon and Danny Woodhead uh, only with mm-hmm. a better version of rookie Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, so,
1: so something like that. Um, so I, I think that you hit it. That's the line. I think that you're looking at for us this season. I don't think it was tremendous. He was a tremendously great draft pick where he was because you were banking on that upside and you got it though right out of the box. Like now yeah. you got it for a full season.
0: Yeah, feels good. Uh, congrats to those that, uh, you know, people said people said like, you know, people I, I, I feel like uh, a lot of it's his oh, people got bailed out if you draft I don't think Jonathan Taylor right, I don't right either
1: phrase. I don't think I don't so either. either he I got him in auctions uh, more in auctions I've got him in a few auction leagues um, because it just the way my drafts played out this year I was going running backs to start and then hitting wide receivers in the area he was going in snake drafts so I don't have a lot of him in snake drafts but I did scoop him up in a few auctions
0: yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think, uh, just good job and, uh, good luck. I wish I, wish I had more. <laughs> I did. I do too, obviously. But, uh, yeah, uh, news came out today. Chris Godwin, uh, is in the concussion protocol. And so it's Wednesday today. He started a concussion protocol today. What does week two look like for Chris Godwin? And don't, don't, uh, don't forget. I mean, Mike Evans is still a little banged up. His status is kind of in the air too, um, I assume, so what's what's Tampa Bay going to look like uh, at wide receiver in week two, man?
1: yeah the Chris I don't think is weird because he he went in concussion protocol today, not yeah. the first two days uh, you know typically i mean you're the in the medical field I mean, if you are having concussion symptoms, do they usually pop up three days later or two days later
0: uh, uh, not unless they just miss something.
1: Right. I mean, There's that's kind of weird. Like, it's...
0: That's- I don't even know what the symptom was that they, I haven't, I haven't seen what the symptom was that mm-hmm. they, that brought them there.
1: No, me neither. So it's just something we're going to have to monitor now the rest of the week. Yeah, um, but I mean I I still think that Mike Evans what, what he looked like going into last week and how he came out of that game you should be excited I told people this Mike Evans yeah he had an awful game and was once again bodied by Marshawn Lattimore uh Marshawn Lattimore just owns Mike Evans apparently outside of that one big game he had to kick off that the 2018 season um but I you should have been benching Mike Evans anyways based on all the reports and then he comes out and plays yeah. 93% of the team snaps uh and looks good like i came out of the way feeling like the, where i have mike evans i was like oh that's a win still because one i was really nervous about him coming to the game either being a decoy or just not being 100 or re-aggravating this injury yep. like Devontae parker did yep. and he looked good played the full allotment of snaps and got out of there sure like the results yep. weren't there but i mean moving forward now at least in week two i believe mike evans is good to go now and now he yeah is going to be in a squeaky wheel spot where Bruce Arians already came out and said he wishes they would have got him 10 targets. Um, D- he's facing the worst defense in the nfl carolina. the carolina panthers they've allowed three or more offensive touchdowns to p- opponents in 13 straight games going back to last year that's the longest streak since the 1963 64 denver broncos uh and then also the carolina panthers no longer even have james bradbury who also used to be kind of a mini thorn in evans's side as well mm-hmm. um so you know it's a good spot i think to go right back to mike evans and if godwin is out then that only helps him. And then it also helps Scotty Miller, man. Scotty Miller say. was a little bit of everywhere, uh, in week one, he had uh, six targets, five catches, 73 yards, had a long OPI. That was a, a ball it was a beautiful ball by Brady, uh, on that one. Um, so he gets elevated too. And he's, you know, going to be in play, uh, if Godwin is out, um, to be, a, you know, wide receiver three plus option as well in, in full yep. PPR leagues. So yeah, there's a trickle down here. I think it's a great spot for the Bucks offense as a whole. Like I just said, they're gonna, you can probably pencil them in for three touchdowns plus in this game. Uh, so we want definitely want attachment and play your Bucks this week. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And that Scotty Miller, I mean, I like him. He's a gym rat, you know, he's scrappy. He's uh he's like a vertical other... dude though. He's not like a, like he's a, <laughs> I know I just, he's not a, just bringing out white, white. You know,
1: oh no, I knew where you were going. I was just, you know, he, he's a guy to get downfield, man.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, he's, he's an interesting play. I think he's a, he's a good, I mean, I don't, uh, it depends on how deep your dynasty league is, but he's a definitely add for me in uh in deeper formats. So, um, mm-hmm. Go check to see if Scotty Miller is available. Um, same game, Michael Thomas uh, didn't sound. I mean, it, high ankles are never are never great for any player, um, but now it seems like it's it's worse than they obviously first anticipated. Looks like he's out for multiple weeks uh, as of right now. Oh that sucks for people who drafted Mike Thomas but uh what does this do for the the Saints offense uh, anybody who who gets the bump for you um outside of Emmanuel Sanders
1: well, I think the the playing time bump, I mean, you know, obviously Traquan was already ahead of Emmanuel Sanders and Route's run in, in week one. But I think the, the biggest benefactor here, I think, is Jared Cook. Cook. Um, yep. because Jared <laughs> Cook was Jared Cook was a guy that I was kinda on the fence about coming this season. You know, he I, I call him, he looked a lot like this year's Eric Ebron. He just didn't have a lot of targets, you know, and it was really hard to see with them adding Emmanuel Sanders for his target share to grow. And now with these, you know, the, the most, you know, target, the highest target share in the league a year ago out of, out of the way, I think there's a lot more target to Jared Cook. And I think he's their most actually explosive playmaker in the, in the receiving game right now. And I think that played out in week one when he led all tight ends in yards per team, a pass attempt. Uh, he, in the NFL last year, he led all NFL players in percent of targets either go for a touchdown or over 20 yards, um, ahead of even a guy like Miko Hartman. So like Jared Cook, they use him. He's like the only guy they use downfield. I mean, you look at Breeze's first game, everything was near the line of scrimmage except for targets of Jared Cook. Uh, so I think that it solidifies Jared Cook in the tight end wasteland that already played out. You know, everyone had their favorite tight end flavors in a week one, what happened? we saw all the same random dudes popping up as, you know, tight end ones <laughs> like Greg Olson and, you know, Jordan Aikens. It's it's it's, it's just like that. It always plays out there in a tight end position, but I think this solidifies now Jared Cook as one of those guys you might've been on the fence at and maybe thought had some volatility. I think this puts him as like a top six tight end weekly now mm. while Thomas is out. And then of course it, you know, like you said, it bumps, it keeps Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders as like a wide receiver, three plus guy. Uh, Traquan's like a, you know still got to monitor and you know roster and see where this thing goes because he played a lot of snaps um but you know you're not none of these guys are going to turn into michael thomas
0: right right yeah <laughs> i think that i think that's the, the main point and uh, uh <laughs> well, could you imagine if somebody did though and smith just turns into michael oh my thomas, goodness though, right? that'd be amazing so i mean i, I thought you were gonna say taysom <laughs> hill taysom hill was gonna oh, be the big benefactor we might here. see
1: some more goofy plays uh, yeah definitely
0: exactly. uh another name i think to keep tabs on is Deontay Harris. Um, oh, yeah. see, see what happens with him. Another guy you might want to just stash um, in your deeper dynasty leagues just in case if he's not if he's if he's out there. Um, Le'Veon Bell going to the IR with a hammy injury. Rich. Uh, Frank Gore. The, the ghost of Frank Gore is back in the starting spot as of right now for the for the New York Jets. Um Right he before no and Adrian upside. Peterson,
1: still, start, yeah, still you know, starting.
0: You know, it's 2004, baby. Uh, where are we at with, like, LaMichael Pirine or Josh Adams or anybody? He did, on get,
1: he did get his guy. They added Ballage today. Oh, that's right. Ago. That's
0: right. Kalen Ballage is. Because it looks uh, like
1: Pirine's still going to be out. It looks like he's still not healthy, which is a bummer because this is what you'd want. This was his own window. Yeah, and, you know, it good. seems like he's not healthy healthy enough to play this week, especially in the matchup would have been bad anyways, but, um, but still, we would have liked to see the Michael P Ryan actually get some burn. Now, like you said, they're going to come out with Frank Gore, Josh Adams and probably Ballage. Um against the 49ers defense. That's lost a pieces, but the defensive line is still pretty good. We're
0: still pretty. yeah. Uh, so. The pretty defensive decent.
1: line is pretty decent. So, yeah. I mean, there's no one here we're excited about. I mean, we can say they can force some Frank Gore touches, but I mean, what are you doing here? What are we really doing here at the jets?
0: So with him out, like, does this do anything for the passing game now? Brashad Perriman, he did not have a great week one. Herndon looked pretty decent uh, for week one. What I did like about Perriman is that he was out there for like 100% of the snaps. Um, That's always good, especially when you're moving teams and it's week one. Um, And then he had that knee issue that he was dealing with. off So, I mean, 100% snaps, good sign. How's his outlook moving forward?
1: yeah I think he's definitely a guy to not be discouraged uh, by the start i mean he was he was thrown out to the tredavius white you know it was never going to be a good spot for him, but like yeah. you said the, being fully healthy again, we talk about these these guys that we had questions about just from a health stance seeing these guys be fully healthy is a major just progress anyways, and he was a guy you drafted as a bench player anyways yeah. but you know the matchups get a little better i mean even this week is not the worst spot with the, the amount of injuries the forty ers have in their secondary um it, it could be worse i think he's definitely still not a guy you want to thrust into starting lineups but you know he's definitely got to keep a pulse on maybe get cute and you know run him out and like a a weird you know cost saving you know dfs Hail Mary play but yeah. uh Definitely, yeah, I still think that it was a it was a it was more of a pro for his week one than a, than a lot of just looking at the box score and understanding that he got nuked by Travis white I mean every yeah. the last three times they've played the bills they have just funneled targets to Jamison Crowder and that just happened again oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. and then he ran like 76 yard touchdown and it took like 20 seconds it was, uh, it, it was he's good. got
1: a hamstring too it, so yeah. I mean, it's, we talked about this. This was, that was the one thing that held out that held true that we were a little bit pessimistic on it and in going into week one was just the amount of conditioning based injuries. Now, Michael Thomas, that's bad luck, the high ankle sprain, yep. but there was a lot of hammies and quads and groins in week one. And hopefully that doesn't become a regularity.
0: Yeah. And God, even heading into week, week one, we saw injuries. Yeah. With Galladay, sudden, yeah yep. It's just, uh yeah, we'll see. Um, next is James Conner, being James Conner. Uh, exited week one early, and uh, some guy named Benny Snell, didn't look like 2019 Benny Snell, came in and looked really good, Rich. So, uh, you know, they lied on for James Conner, as they say. But uh, Benny Snell, if uh, if James Conner's out, what does what does Benny Snell do for you?
1: Yeah, I think Benny Snell is like a interesting, like, uh, you know, short-term play, a volume-based play you can play as a home favorite. I think that yeah, outside of, if you're looking for a big picture, I think what this does is this just hurts James Conner more than it makes Benny Snell like a, you know, full season-long guy, um, because he did. He looked like the better runner when he was in. You know, he's definitely, you know, transformed his body a little bit, and but um So thinking that they'll just go back to like James Conner as like a bell cow role is definitely up in the air now with Benny Snell looking good. And if he plays well, again, this Sunday, assuming Conner's out when Conner comes back, they – you know, may give it, work him in a little bit more. I, the injury doesn't seem like it's a, a huge concern, you know, from the people I've seen for Connor that he could potentially play this week. So we'll see. Uh, the one thing with Benny Snell is the, that this still is the big bummer is that, like, he still was just a complete zero in the passing game. Uh, they brought Jalen Samuels in every time to run a pass route uh over Benny Snell and you know he only caught just three passes as a rookie and we saw this when he took over for Connor last year they would kind of run this one-two punch where Benny Snell would just he's just really rushing reliant so if he had he can be a volume-based play but if he doesn't get a touchdown then you're really holding the bag where his yardage doesn't really have a lot of conversion into fantasy points so he's a little touchdown dependent I thought he looked great though on Monday night um, I think this is definitely bad news for Connor, a guy who I you know was pretty high on as a guy getting in the third round. Um, and it definitely I think dings his outlook severely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um Benny Snell is like a very, very poor man's Derrick Henry without um being Derrick Henry. <laughs> or the so. rich
1: man's Bo Scarborough.
0: Hey, oh, I like that one better. Let's go with that one. <laughs> uh let's see i think that's it for the news and notes week one studs uh somebody that i really liked heading into the season because he is just that good deandre hopkins uh looks like he has some chemistry with uh with murray what do you think yeah, I would say so, and I thought
1: that the way they used him was really smart. I mean, they just lined him up on the opposite side of the field from Sherman and just peppered him with targets, yeah, uh, right, right away. So I mean, that's yeah. good coaching. That's good yeah, coaching. I mean, we talked about the narrative of DeAndre Hopkins, and he didn't really fit into my draft plans just because where I was drafting wide receivers this year, as opposed yeah. to in that second round but we had talked about kind of maybe the overstatement of, you know, the, him changing teams narrative, because he was one going to the most wide receiver centric offense in the NFL, that there wasn't a lot of sample size for actually high level, you know, wide receivers of Hopkins caliber, actually changing teams in their prime. Um, and then, then the fact that DeAndre Hopkins literally has worked with any quarterback at, at he's ever played with. That it was his 10th career game with double digit receptions. Um, and mm-hmm. in those games that he's had those 10 career games that, it's come across six different quarterbacks. I mean, he's just been a guy that's played with a lot of different quarterbacks and none, um, a a lot worse than Kyler Murray (laughs) and Deshaun Watson. He's made work. Uh, So, yeah, and I think he's definitely a guy that you're going to look at from a PPR league. Is he going to get 16 targets every week? No, but he's going to get a lot of targets every week. uh, And you feel good about that moving forward.
0: Yeah, and then on the opposite side of the spectrum, uh, Christian Kirk, one target or no? five targets only one reception uh but that was the yards. Perriman thing we um, talked about i mean he ran 80
1: percent of his routes uh on the right side and yeah. he just didn't target sherman they were just like here you go get yeah. over run so he exercised on that side of the field a little bit uh while the hop was doing work
0: so no no need to panic on christian kirk then
1: I mean, I don't, I don't want to say in panic because we want to see him play well. And it's, you know, we didn't get that last year and we're holding hopes on that upside. But I would say that, that the, the game plan that they deployed in week one had a lot to do with what happened in that game uh, and why DeAndre Hopkins got so many targets.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alvin Kamara comes back strong in week one with, uh, he had the hat trick, I think, three touchdowns. Oh, he started. would have had three, right? that's right no i thought he had two and one but i could be wrong um i should probably know this as the as the host i thought he had two receiving one rushing but i could be wrong i probably am um yeah
1: but again i mean 581 and one receiving did he have two rushing he definitely should have had two if he just puts that ball it doesn't go out of bounds
0: yeah i think maybe that's what i'm maybe that's what i'm but that's the karma
1: sean payton got with michael thomas man like
0: yeah. Yeah. So it is. Yeah. I mean, take obviously key, you were just right on that key. one, just but it was good to see him kind of back and looking like Kamara. Um, the, the rushing wasn't quite there, but you know, we, we love the receiving yards and what he can do in that game, um, in the receiving game. And so, uh, I like that Devonte Adams though. I mean, this was dude was just a beast on in week one. And I mean, you, you said it before you had Devonte uh, Adams as your number one wide receiver heading into this year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we did here on the site all summer just because the layout was, you know, that he looked like Michael Thomas. So his usage was just like Michael Thomas's and we expected Michael Thomas to, you know, air quotes, fall back to the 150 target range (laughs) instead of 190. But, you know, we thought Adams had a really good shot to lead the league in targets over the course of the full season. Um and that kind of played out in week one. And, he's, yeah. and they've got a really great schedule, uh, especially when you look at some of these games the Packers have coming up. I mean, this week they got that Lions secondary that lost everybody due to a hamstring injury. They've got the Texans coming up. they got the Falcons coming up. I mean, it's there's a lot of spots where you're going to be on this. I thought Rodgers looked great. And Rodgers is yeah. a guy I've taken pot shots on over yep. just kind of the cachet he's built up and compared to the play he's had on the field the past yep. couple of years. He was sensational. It was the guy we saw in 2014. He's throwing the ball very vertically downfield. He's elevating receivers. We knew Aaron Rodgers had kind of lost it when he wasn't able to elevate these guys. I mean, he was always elevating the Jarrett Boykins, the James Joneses. He was making those guys good fantasy players. And that kind of wore off to where it was just like, well, there's Devontae Adams, but he wasn't elevating those guys. And then week one, you have Lazard hit, you have Valdez Scantling hit. That's when Rodgers is firing. And you can tell he's a talent elevator. I hope that continues. It was a favorable spot. The Vikings had a lot of moving parts, but it, I'm very encouraged. Like I said, their schedule's great. I have. I went out and scooped up Rodgers in a bunch of leagues today where he was available just to ride this out and see if he is a guy that can channel that, you know, moving forward.
0: Yeah. And like you said, I mean, the schedule, the schedule that's coming up is, 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 is going to be pretty nice. So, I mean, worth, worth a shot and worth your, a start in your lineups this week. Um Considering, I mean, most people in one QB leagues, I mean, he wasn't even drafted a lot of them. So. Yeah. uh let's let's uh let's move on to your people who are your studs for this week yeah anybody yeah, I, in particular I mean,
1: I mean, outside of James Conner, the big miss on James Conner, and you know, hopefully that we still – time will tell. Maybe this comes back. It, it recoils our way. But uh, other, th- other than that, most of the people that were in the draft plans that I followed I had a great week one, Adam Thielen, uh, you know, Cam Newton, uh, Ben Rothsberger, Joshua Kelly. I thought he was a guy I drafted almost yeah, everywhere on benches, he and he already looks like a, a guy that's going to be involved and has a chance to have a larger role. Obviously, everyone was on Calvin Ridley in that smash, DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Russ to cook Hollywood Brown. I mean, all those guys were great in week one.
0: It was, the, it was a good week for fantasy Twitter. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. We yeah, need, I mean, we like, need listen, to talk about
0: JK Dobbins. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, there's still a ways to go. That was a little weird the way it was wonky. Yeah. Long-key. I mean, he didn't have a lot of yards. He got the two, the two bunny touchdowns. Uh, but it is nice to see JK Dobbins, um, uh, already kind of above Gus Edwards. So it's yeah. like one less rung We have to climb.
0: And that and that was the main takeaway for me is like he doesn't have two two running backs to hop over now it's just if Mark if Mark Ingram gets injured I mean J.K. Dobbins is that league winner we've talked about so uh, let's go into our starts of the week so again uh, this is where we take the fantasypros.com current fantasy rankings that all you fantasy analysts do um and then we go outside of what you would typically start in your 12 team leagues uh we were we'll start with quarterback and i i'm gonna hand this one off to you first rich who do you like as your qb this week
1: yeah yeah you beat me up here uh last week in this so i gotta try to have some retribution um i'm going with ryan Tannehill. um mm out of these guys i mean out of these guys that are outside i think he's the top streamer of the week you know it's interesting the way it played out in week one because we knew coming into the season Tannehill was a guy that we had earmarked for like regression you know he you know the high pass attempts the high the high yards per pass attempt the high touchdown rate he had last year we anticipated those things would happen and that potentially if they came down that he would just have to throw more and that kind of played out in week one i mean he threw for just 5.8 yards per attempt uh the touchdown rate dropped uh, but he had uh, 45 dropbacks, which is the most he ever had since he's been with the Titans. And he still was good for fantasy. I mean, he only finished his QB 16, but that's because it was such a high scoring opening week for quarterbacks. He had yeah. 19.4 fantasy points. Like if you played that, yeah. like that didn't bury you, even though yeah. he was in context of the position, the QB 16, like that was fine still. now he gets a home matchup against a Jaguars defense that allowed the third most passing yards uh, in the league in week one. Uh, They were 28th in completion rate uh, in week one allowed. And then last year's Lone Star against the Jaguars. He was the QB two overall. He did have two rushing touchdowns in that game. I wouldn't count on those, but I do think he's a top streamer on the board. Home favorite, big home favorite, favorable matchup. um, Offers a little
0: bit of rushing. Uh, So
1: he's he's my go-to
0: streamer this week. I like it. I like it. And, you know, I was going to go with Matt Stafford, but with Kenny Galladay still questionable, it's really hard to, to trust Stafford um, against, uh, Green Bay. I think they're playing. Um, so I am going with our boy Teddy Bridgewater against Tampa Bay currently going, uh, ranked as the QB 26 over at fantasy pros. I like the over under at 47 and a half. Um, I like that he, his yards per attempt last week was 7.6. That was ninth best in the NFL or ninth best of quarterbacks for week one. Um, he did this without target with basically not targeting uh, Christian McCaffrey, only four targets. I like that. He spread the ball out um, nine targets to, to, to Moore, eight to Robbie Anderson, eight or five to Curtis Samuel. Um, Moore only had four receptions for 54 yards. And I think he missed on a deep ball that uh, Moore was, was, was open on. So it could have been even a better day, but that's, you're going to see a better better uh, catch percentage than 40% for, for, for DJ Moore moving forward. Tampa Bay's rush rush defense, again, looked good last week. They held the Saints to 34 attempts for just 82 yards, and that's a 2.4 clip. Um, and so I, I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball with much success with McCaffrey. So I think those short intermediate passes from Teddy Bridgewater will be w- what wins in the game if they do end up winning the game. And again, this, this their defense is terrible. Um, This is, this is uh, they're playing against an offense. If Chris Godwin is is playing, that is explosive. Um, And so they're, they'll have to keep up. I really like Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater in this spot this week.
1: Yeah. The interesting thing uh, with Chris McCaffrey is he's had 98 or more scrimmage yards in every game since the start of last season, except for the two games they played the Buccaneers. He's had just 57 Mm -hmm. and 53 total yards against the Buccaneers and the Bucs outside of giving the touchdowns up to Alvin Kamara defended him really well outside of that, you know, one taste of trick play. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a game where they're going to need, you know, that the volume that they had and the dispersion of targets that they had to those wide receivers Um, and they're capable of doing it. So, I mean, yeah, it's a, the game script's gonna be there for it for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, it's gonna be hard to start Teddy Bridgewater um, as like your QB start uh, in one QB leagues, but I think he's a definite play if you're in a super flex sort of league. Because so uh, I, th- I just think the points will be there. Uh, let's move on to running backs. Um, you know, you said before I do that. I didn't, I didn't bury you in quarterback last week. It was you and I didn't do radio either way. It was, I had golf and you had Tyrod Taylor. So um, we're, we're going to do better this week. in the quarterback department last week, again, we're, we have to do better because we we both had Marlon Mack and uh, we, we all saw how that played out, he left the game a little was, early. Listen,
1: man, Marlon, I, I'm not going to count that as a loss. Cause he had 56 yards on his touches. Like he, was, yeah, I mean, was he, gonna, he was, it was, he was on its way. way. Yeah. it was on its way, man.
0: Yeah, no, it's unfortunate, man. It was, uh, it was right there and, uh, could have had it, but, uh, also bummer for him,
1: man, headed into free yeah. agency within yeah. Achilles, like, that's probably a death for him. Like, right. It's like, too that's, bad. like no one's probably going to touch him in free agency or if not, it's going to be like a deep flyer. Um, just yeah. a real, real bummer. Uh, the way the timing of his injury, uh, in, in a career sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he can, uh, you know and and the type of injury he has i mean it's just tough it's just tough running, around I mean, for, no running backs have no running yeah. backs have come back from that yeah yeah it's uh it's too bad hopefully hopefully he'll be the exception to the rule let's let's do better this week though rich uh let's get better let's do better than 50 50 plus yards okay uh running back i think i'll start miles sanders is the rb32 no i'm just going oh, to do that <laughs> I, was like, I, I was
1: like i was like if he does this i'm gonna i'm gonna tumble this
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah so right now miles sanders is the rank is rb 32 and i'm pretty sure that's just because some rankers haven't had their uh, their the ranks updated yet so i won't do that i am going to however go with somebody we talked about earlier um he was kind of the the goat of the of the game last week and that's deandre swift Currently as the RB 42, he's going against Green Bay. I've already talked about the over under at 49 and a half. Um, I like that. Uh, I liked that he was involved in the past game. He had five targets last week. Um, He had a goal line carry that he did convert for a touchdown. He didn't have many rushing rushing yards. But again, if Kenny Galladay is out, um, they don't have a whole lot of playmakers. And if Green Bay is... um, is as good as they looked in week one, they're going to have to keep up and keep Swift on the field. Cause you're not going to have Adrian Peterson yeah. getting 20, 20 carries a game. You're not carry on Johnson is we, we know what carry on Johnson is. I feel like now. So Deandre Swift, uh, he's, he, this is his time to shine. I think he's going to make up for what happened last week, last, last year, green Bay gave up the ninth most fantasy points to running backs, 11th, most uh, reception starting back in 2019, uh, so I really like DeAndre Swift in a comeback spot uh, for week two.
1: I, I like that call, man. I like that because it, it, I mean that's the layout. You got a, the receiving back uh, in yeah.
0: in a game ambiguity a game, chase. Ambiguity. I like, yeah. I like
1: that one a lot, man. I like that call. I'm going to go with a rookie hey. running back as well, and I'm going to reach a little bit on this one. So I have a little fun here. I'm going to go with Zach Moss.
0: Oh, yeah. Hey, um,
1: I almost picked him, Rich. I almost did. Yeah, yep. yeah. I'm gonna go with Zach Moss. I mean, you look at the, you know, Week One, uh, he had 39 snaps, um, 11 touches. The yardage wasn't there, but we talk. I, uh, you've been talking with you. The Jets just really sell out to stop the run. They were number one in rushing EPA last year, uh, and they came out and just let the Bills do whatever they want in the passing game. That's kind of the defense that they play. So I'm not really <laughs> worried about like either of the him or Singletary's yardage. The lack of yardage they had rushing. I'm um, and, and worried about them. But he had nearly a 50-50, spit, 50-50 split uh, with Devin Singletary. Um, he had all the goal line opportunities. He was even in on Josh Allen's you know, bootleg run. He caught a touchdown. Um, that's kind of the role we were hoping he was going to have to start out. Uh, and I think it's a positive game script game against the, in a better matchup. So they had a positive game script in a bad matchup last week where they just really couldn't run. But if they get a lead against the Dolphins, the Dolphins allowed 153 yards from scrimmage on 30 touches to the New England backs a week ago. We, you know, we're not counting Cam Newton's yardage at all. Um, so I think that Zach Moss is kind of like a, a flex-worthy play if you're in a real bind uh, and has some upside in a positive game script game um, with the Bills
0: nice all right let's move on to the wide receivers i will let you go uh, go first on this one please don't there was a guy.
1: there was a few options i was really bummed to see cd lamb i already ranked up highly uh, <laughs> i was really looking for him but you know who was not ranked up highly that was really good in week one well was paris campbell so i'm gonna go with paris
0: campbell <laughs> is that your guy <laughs> It was yeah. That was one of the guys I was going to talk about. I ah, did too, just nice.
1: in case. I I mean, listen, Campbell was impressed when Week One. He looked like just a natural slot receiver. You know, it wasn't him getting screens. It wasn't him getting you know just gadget plays. Uh, lined up in the slot for ninety percent of his routes. Caught six of nine targets for seventy one yards. Had like that mind meld with Denning, man. Yeah, they, 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 those anticipatory Keenan throws. And, um, and then you know Minnesota allowed Green Bay wideouts to catch ten passes for one hundred and fifty one yards and two touchdowns out of the slot in week one. Uh, So, I mean, if this game script plays out to where maybe we get a little back and forth and these teams throw it a little bit, even though both teams want to run the ball, but I already think that Campbell in PPR leagues is worth kind of, you know, starting as a wide receiver three plus. Um, And then the matchup is also really good. And then Michael Pittman Jr. was stuck you know rotating snaps with Zach Pascal who still was ahead of him so I think it's still Campbell and Hilton at the very top of the food chain and this Vikings secondary man it it wasn't just Devontae Adams beating them up like we talked about earlier Um, and and Rivers outside the turnovers threw for a bunch of yards in week one so I'm going to go with Campbell so I think I think he's uh, worthy for another start here.
0: I like it and I I'm glad I did a different receiver because um, Paris was the first one because he was the uh, wide receiver 40 right now uh, over at Fantasy Pros, but I did do a different one, and that is somebody we you had just talked about in Allen Lazard. And I feel like maybe I'm chasing points here, but again, the over under in this game is 49 and a half. Um, last week he saw he got four receptions, 63 yards, and one touchdown. I like that Aaron Rodgers looked for him often on third down. Um, Rodgers, he had 44 attempts last week. I think that was more than we anticipated him getting in uh, the offense that he runs. What I love most about Lazard is that he had the second most snaps out of wide receivers by far. He had 69 snaps uh, compared to MBS, who was third, and he had 42 snaps. Um, and again, I, Lazard was even, he even had a rush for 19 yards. So he can be used in different ways and can score in different ways. Um, Lazard looks like the real deal. Um, big, big, huge target for, for Aaron Rodgers, um, And I, I, I just like his outlook against Detroit. And like you said, I mean, all their, all their cornerbacks are, are dinged up. They're going to have to be focused on Adams. Who's going to get his anyway. So Lazard will, should be there for uh, for some, some good usage. Uh, last week I forgot to mention that, uh, you had started Anthony Miller. Um, I think he was four for 76 and a touchdown had a beautiful, uh, touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone, uh, right at the pylon. Um, and then I had Deontay Johnson who I got bailed out on for a touchdown, but he did have, uh, he did have 10 targets, so he was okay. Yeah, he was um, yeah, he was all right. But I do like Lazard for, for week two, so I'm going to go with him. Let's go to the tight ends. Last week, I went with Noah Fant. This week, I'm going no, with go. Noah Fant. <laughs> 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 this week, because still, he is being ranked outside of the top 12 right now. Currently as a tight end 14. Last week, saw the second most targets uh, with Drew at quarterback. And again, Cortland Sutton wasn't uh, – he was a sit last week, and he um, – I'm assuming he's going to play this week. And I think that actually helps Noah Fant in the long run. Um, last week, he had six targets, five receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. You can see what he does when he has the ball in his hands. I mean, he the the run after catch, he's just – he's one of those tight ends that you're just like, that dude's, that dude's pretty awesome. And so they're going to look for ways to get him the ball. He's just – he's a matchup nightmare uh over under right now is, is is pretty low, but this is these are two offenses. he's going against Steelers. They both look pretty pretty bad considering what they could be uh, talent wise uh, for 2020. They both look bad in week one. And I kind of feel like um, they're both gonna have back uh, bounce back weeks for week two and this could be a shootout that people aren't really looking at. And so I kind of like uh, Noah Fant again as tight end fourteen. I have a feeling you're going to go with Logan Thomas, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go.
1: <laughs> I had Logan Thomas, but uh, Arizona I, be, oh. but I, I know I didn't want to be chalky. It is a revenge game too, technically, because remember they drafted him as a quarterback. Uh,
0: oh yeah, too. they did. That's so right.
1: Technically, I think it counts as a revenge game. Um, it does yeah. And I could make the case for Logan Thomas, but I think a lot of people are going to hear Logan Thomas's name on other podcasts. That's why like when you did the DeAndre Swift call, like, you know, the, the, we, we like to go a little bit against the grain here. So I'm actually yeah, yeah, yeah. going to go against the grain against the guy that just completely disappointed in week one. And it's Austin Hooper. Um, oh, nice. he, he caught just two targets for 15 yards. Um, but David Njoku was placed on IR after the game, the short mm-hmm. IR this year, not the full season IR. Cause remember it's just three weeks. Um, yep. But after ranking 30th in yards per target allowed the tight ends last year uh, and 23rd in touchdown rate, uh, the Bengals allowed Chargers tight ends to catch six of 10 targets for 83 yards. Jarvis Landry, in a short week, looks like they are monitoring his You know, kind of, uh, you know, snap count and usage. Uh, He's not really practicing, you know, on the short week. So he might be limited in this game. Um, I like the Browns to kind of just not look as bad as they did. It was a buzzsaw game. And they didn't, even in a game where you know they're going to get robbed, you don't want a team to look that bad. And they were, I think, objectively the best offense in the NFL in week one. Um, yeah. But I think they'll look a lot better at home against the Bengals, and I think Hooper will get involved in a matchup that's been, you know, favorable for tight ends, anyways. So I like Austin Hooper because no one's gonna talk about Austin Hooper, and um, <laughs> just not for that reason because I think it I think it lays out. I think early in the season you always want to look at these guys. I think that disappoint in Week One. I think Hayden yeah. Hurst is in a good bounce back spot. Um, yep, he's still being treated that way by the industry. You know, he led the NFL in route run. I mean, listen, guys, guys have bad weeks in the NFL, and I think early in the season. Season, it's it's more scary to people when you have a bad week one people are like well what do we do with this guy what do we do with this guy yeah but i still think austin is going to be involved moving forward no one Joku, good matchup uh i like him to bounce back on thursday
0: love it love it um that's it for our starts of the week i guess i mean unless we want to talk about kickers and defense which we don't so we're not going to we do not i do have a little game of this or that though
1: you can get with this, or you can get with
0: that. 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 Alright. So uh, let me adjust things here. This or that. We're gonna talk about week one over or under reactions here, Rich. Good time to do it. Week one is always is fun to talk, talk about, about, about these. It. So Yeah, we just did. So let's do um. Josh Jacobs or Austin Eckler? I mean, you've got to be pretty
1: pleased with Josh Jacobs' usage. Now, we always knew he was going to smash week one, regardless. We knew he was going to destroy the Panthers for the reasons we talked about the Panthers multiple times on the show, but you know, career high snaps, career high routes run, career high targets. um, That's what you like to see. Now he's going to be tested, you know, in this Monday night game against the saints and actually over these next several weeks. Um, they're going to be they're going to be underdogs. They're going to put this to the test that week one usage. But I think you're really pleased where Eckler kind of leaves a little bit to desired. He did get you know he played a career high 50 snaps. They had a career high mm-hmm. rushing attempts. But I thought Joshua Kelly looked really good as a complimentary player. And Joshua Kelly got the carries inside the 10 yard line. And then we just didn't see Tyrod or the chargers use him in the passing game. Austin Eckler is creatively. I mean, he's a guy you should be flexing out and you don't really have a third wide receiver, get creative and create some things for Austin yeah. Eckler and get yeah. him involved. He just, he doesn't, he's not a guy that just needs checkdowns. downs. Um, do the, some of the stuff you did with him last year. But I think right now with Eckler, I think he's going to have a high floor based on, you know, what the Chargers want to do. But I am a, a little concerned that he may look like um, how Devin Singletary looked last year. Mm. Like where, you know what I mean? You're just not getting the amount of receptions you want, and you're not getting the goal line carries. Yeah. Uh, just one game. There's, so there's reason for that to, to to oscillate, and he's got great matchups against the Chiefs and the Panthers coming up. Um, but I think right now, as it pertains stands out josh jacobs has a lot more touchdown upside and he's gonna catch passes
0: yeah yeah I, i think you have to go with josh jacobs here um the next one i had was and we we basically did it earlier was jonathan taylor versus joe mixon and or nick chubb we're going jonathan taylor right yeah i think so yeah yeah all right uh let's go to wide receivers um a little different i mean they, they had about a round or so adp difference and maybe that maybe that changes now in terry mclaurin versus dj moore
1: i mean i want both these guys still <laughs> i think i think it's a definitely don't on you know don't overreact how both these guys produce from a final line stance i still am not moving off of like where i was pre-draft though either i think I still came out positive for DJ Moore's usage, led the team in targets. He had two end zone targets. I mean, the bugaboo for his career so far is that he had 10 end zone targets through two NFL seasons. They dialed up plays for him when they got in the red zone. They didn't convert, but that's what you want to see. He had the same uh, depth of target as Robbie Anderson uh, in in week one as well. Uh, 27% of team targets. Um, I'm just not going to move off of where I had uh, DJ Moore, which was uh, a few spots ahead of McLaurin
0: and let's go with the browns hollywood brown or aj brown who you got uh i'm going with marquise brown um Ooh, a little i didn't i so i didn't love aj brown going into 2020 anyway i mean i love aj brown i think he's just a beast but um in that offense and the i just i just feel like he was he was so good last year it was really hard to um to draft him at his ADP, where you could have had Marquise Brown like four rounds later, in a much better offense and an and ascending player. I mean, we saw what this guy—he did in a half. He got 100 yards in a half, and they just—they—they they just stopped throwing the, the football. And he—he he did it like literally effortlessly. He just didn't look like like it was even that important to him. And so, it, the way he, the just the way he could get open. And the way he plays football, it's just it, – it, he's going to be a beast this year. The touchdowns are going to come. I mean, we saw what he did last year, seven touchdowns on very little receptions. Um, but I think this guy is, the sky's the limit for this guy. Um, A.J. Brown is a beast. Uh, there's, there's no getting around that. But um, where their ADPs were, I mean, and, and what I'd want moving forward, I would, I would take Hollywood Brown.
1: Ooh, baby. Yeah, I want both these guys still, too. And I, I have mean, a yeah. lot of these guys. They're both sexy uh, names, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was – I mean, I, A.J. Brown was just the way they used him week one. I mean, he did have the eight targets, which you, see, which you like. But just, you know, his eight out was just seven yards, which is a far cry from the, you know, 13-and-a-half-yard depth of target he had. It was just one game. Uh, I'm definitely willing to go back to the well on him against the Jaguars uh, yes. <laughs> this yes. week. Uh, I mean, I definitely wouldn't run away from him. I mean, but it is concerning that, you know, even going back to last year, the last four games that they've played. Uh Corey Davis has just outright um out targeted him. Uh and he's had just 103, you know, total yards over those games. You know, they're not getting there's a lot of volatility there. And, and we can live with yeah. volatility with the spike weeks, but we will do want the spike weeks to kind of come at a little higher rate than yeah. um they have the the past four games we've seen him. Um I still want to give a slight edge to him just because he's that archetype receiver I love. Uh yeah. but uh I'm a sucker for no. that 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 guy, man. I'm a sucker for that build, the receiver, DK Metcalf, AJ no, Brown. You're, you're speaking my language, uh, but I love Hollywood yeah, too. I'm mean, still, I'm just not ready to come off my pre-draft uh, notions for these guys, but I'm definitely open to being wrong about that when it comes to Hollywood. Even though I love him,
0: yeah, no, yeah. I, I, what I like about Marquise Brown, though, I mean, I I feel like he's just he's basically Tyler Lockett in a better offense. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if Seattle throws the way they did, I mean that's uh they're both going to be going to be pretty awesome this year and DK, yeah, and dk Metcalf is basically aj brown so i mean <laughs> there you go uh let's go with the tight ends um noah fant or i mean uh, we've been talking about Noah Fant a lot or tj hawkinson who another guy we talked about a lot
1: yeah i'm still sticking with my pre-draft ranks i've just get, had fant just a little higher and i still think that i mean the way he came out i mean he led the nfl in yards after the catch Reception as a rookie and it comes out in week one and leads all tight ends and yards after the catch in week one. I think he has got got that juice. I just think he has less target overall target competition, uh, even with Sutton coming back. I think it's him, Judy, and Sutton, whereas Hawkinson's gonna have to deal with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, who are really good players. Um, And then in week one, I don't know if it was still the ankle thing like the team is worried about the ankles, but he ran a pass route on just 59. percent of Detroit dropbacks which is kind of under the usage I expected even with Galladay being out uh but the great thing about Hawkinson is that in nine games played with Matthew Stafford he has at least one end zone target in six of those nine games already and he had a catch Mm. to the one yard line in that game as well he could add two um love those guys
0: so six of nine games nice
1: at at least one six of nine Very very nice
0: very nice very nice uh, I am going with TJ Hawkinson just because that, yeah, that's I where I was pre-draft as well. <laughs> um, I just, but I mean, I, when I, when I watch Noah Fant, though, I'm just like, literally I'm amazed by the run after catch with this guy. Um, I just don't know if the volume will be there um, with Matthew. I and, and whenever I, Whenever I have a toss up, I always pick the better quarterback. And right now it's obviously Matthew Stafford. So that's why I'm going TJ Hawkinson and like the it. dudes should be. So um do you have any do you have a this or that? Give me do you have one? You can throw me if um, you want. Off the top I'm of my head.
1: Spot. Yeah, no, uh nothing I really think of uh off the top of my head for this or that.
0: All right. I'm, I blew um, it, man. I wish I mean you, we, I had to throw you a curveball because I I hadn't done that yet the show, so you know I always like. And you throw got one me too,
1: man. It. Listen, I got froze. I just, <laughs> you I did. Watched it about
0: time. It's about oh, time. I, I uh, watched it. Yeah. I watched. You're it. looking I heater. You. You're looking heater. Gave you the uh, the twelve to six, man. Ooh, that is uh, <laughs> that, that is our show, man. Uh Please, please make sure you are going uh, to whatever uh platform you're listening to us, you are subscribing, you're rating, you're reviewing because really does help us uh, get a, get seen uh, by other people and we just want to grow this show into something that uh y'all y'all enjoy and just just grow with with everybody. So uh do that. make sure you're following Rich over on Twitter at Lord uh I am at Chad underscore Scott 13. Good luck in week two. We're going to see you for week three. Later.